162 games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com. Today on the ZabeCast, it's Al Galdi, a guy I've once called the Iron Man of Discipline. The man who introduced me to the phrase, skinless chicken and high reps. A man who once turned down a chance to apply for a writer's position at the WWE because he said, Vince would never like my bookings anyway. Your bonus, uncensored, 35-minute edition of the ZabeCast is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Is that true, Goldie, that you didn't think Vince would like your stuff? Uh, that is true, because I know that you lobbied hard for me to apply for the position, but <laughs> Vince wants no part of my booking, pal. I promise you that. Oh, well, a dream unrealized, perhaps someday. You could write for, um, uh, what's the new outfit, AEW. Uh, yeah, I could. Actually, the guy who runs it, Tony Khan, Shahid Khan's son, he grew up like me as a fan and a tape trader and watching all these shows. So, yeah, if he can do it, anybody can do it. He grew up as a tape trader? What's a tape trader? Yeah, so like back in the day, like back in the 90s, before you had you know YouTube and you had everything that we have now on the internet, if you wanted to watch non-mainstream wrestling, like Japanese wrestling, you had to get videotapes you had to get cassettes and so people would trade tapes uh via mail and would order tapes and things like that and tony Khan was one of those guys all right all right let's start with last night's game the warriors storm back to even the series at one game apiece and draymond green was the story of the night unless i'm missing something get something else steve javi confirmed that the way the nba works is if you get a technical and you're a big enough star that then gives you permission to be more of a jackass the rest of the game. Did you take that away from last night as well? That's kind of how it is. I mean, hasn't the NBA been like this for years where you kind of have this green light if you're of a certain status and you're of a certain reputation to where you get away with that? So, yeah, I think that's a perfect way of describing it. Here was uh, Javi uh, on the broadcast last night. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I got to I gotta stop these things. All right, here we go. All right. All right. Here was Javi last night. The two guys were going after each other. Jeff, I think you hit the nail on the head. And Mark, too. Mark Jackson, you hit the nail on the head where uh, you have to consider one player has definitely a technical foul. Is this enough to call a double T and eject the one player? Personally, I would say nothing, and I would just let it diffuse as that. That's just my opinion. Well, Steve, my question to you is, as a referee over there in the huddle, are you thinking about the fact that Draymond has one technical already? Absolutely. I think that's part of good officiating is the fact that you have to know who has the technical fouls. And in this situation, one of the players does. Is this enough to warrant an ejection is what you have to think about. See, I, 
a lot of people disagree with that, Steve, but I think that's what separates. After the defensive foul on Green stands, there's no further penalties on this. So there you go, and it cuts off there. This is bullshit, Al. The point of a technical is to warn the player who's being a jag bag, calm the fuck down, I think. Yeah, no, you're right. And but this is how the NBA is. Like you're not surprised by this, are you? I'm not surprised. I guess I'm just once again annoyed because, like, who else gets to be that way besides Draymond Green? Like, do I get to play that way? Does anyone else get to play that way? No, only he can play that way. Yeah. No, I mean the, the NBA decided long ago that it was not equal rules for everybody, right? The NBA decided long ago that we have a star-tiered system. And you know what? Maybe if you're the NBA, that makes sense because it's a star-driven game. But, you know, not everyone is treated the same way. Like, we know that. We've seen that forever in this. But why is Draymond getting such a push, a company push, as you would say, from the league? He's not a star, in my opinion. Well, I think, I mean, I don't know. I guess He's a known player. He's a known player who was on the great Warriors teams that included Durant and before that, not Durant, that won titles. Okay, great. Now what? He He's not a superstar. You don't think he's a star? He's a star. Like yeah, yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. Is he a star or is he a known entity? Known yeah. entity, star, superstar. I guess it all depends on your perspective. But see, in hockey... You pull that shit, and they put a fourth-line goon out there. Oh, yeah. And then the next thing you know, you're skating with your head on a swivel, and that's how they solve it. In baseball, if you're being a jag bag, what happens? They throw at your chin or your yes. skull, depending on the mood. They buzz the tower to say, okay, knock it off. I, we need. I, I'm not saying bring back the days of Rudy Tomjanovich getting his face <laughs> caved in by Kermit Washington, but there's got to be some way to sort of frontier justice this crap and not rely on these refs going oh gosh if we give him another technical he'll be out of the game and then golden state could lose and then it's oh two boston going back to boston and the series might be over and my boss adam silver might go what are you doing you know draymond green was bebopping and scatting after the game talking about how he gave the Celtics an attitude adjustment and things like that so yeah i mean he you know he probably knows in the back of his mind they weren't going to toss me from that game like i'm draymond green i can do this kind of thing you ever watch some of the great old nba fights from like oh my god pistons celtics or lakers celtics and there'd be this full-on brawl it would take the referees you know five minutes to sort it out and at the end of the day, nobody was suspended, and like the worst fine was like five grand. It's like a different league, it, you know. First of all, the way the game is played, right? Like now with all the threes and everything else, but the way that stuff was allowed to happen, and you would get mauled driving to the basket. You know, Bill Lambeer would clothesline you, or Rick Mahorn would spear you, and it's like yeah. you never have that now. All right, let's talk about threes for a second. This this highlight at the end of the third was amazing from Jordan Poole. From way downtown. Golden State has a lot of time. Pool with the ball. Launches. Oh! Money! The pool party has just begun. Let out. Get it done. Recognizing the clock dwindling down. 
knocks down the long ball. Good old-fashioned game of pool. <laughs> I tell you what, there's perfection on many levels with that highlight, but what was your big takeaway? Well, I look at Jordan Poole, and look, I, I look at a lot of this stuff through the prism of a long-suffering Wizards fan, okay? <laughs> yes. So Jordan Poole was taken with the 28th pick in the 2019 NBA draft. And I know one of the things that has been said over the years, especially with our Wizards and other NBA teams too, is, well, you know, you got to have a top 10 pick or a top five pick to get that franchise-altering player. And not that Jordan Poole is necessarily a franchise-altering player, but it's another reminder of you can find good players throughout NBA drafts. And if you have a good organization and a good culture, as the Warriors do, you can get a guy like this and develop him over time. You know, Poole wasn't like great from the get-go, but he obviously has become great. He's blossomed, especially this season. And to see him do that, to see him do as he's done this season, just period, it's like, oh, where was he taken again? Oh, yeah, number 28 overall in 2019. Like, if you're good at what you do, you can find guys like this. Yeah. Uh, it says through the first two years in the NBA, many felt that Poole was a bust, and they wanted to label yeah. him that way. But he has now rounded into being an absolute huge asset for Golden State. So the better teams get that value in the later part of the first round of the NBA. And uh, I don't know, when was the last time the Wizards got a bonus baby past the 15th overall pick? Uh, it's been a very long time. And, of course, the Wizards have blown so many top 15 in this first round picks in general. But, yeah. you know, like the NFL is so much about finding diamonds in the rough in NFL drafts. And the NBA draft isn't the NFL draft in terms of length, but you can certainly find guys like this. And the good teams, like we said, tend to do that. Yeah. On that play, Jordan Poole crossed over through his legs, did a step back after a dagger jab, and launched – in basically perfect form. It was a little teensy-tiny bit of a heave. But it's the kind of thing, the athleticism and the state-of-the-art of the game, Galdi, that did not exist in the 80s or the 90s even. No, no. And, uh, you know, out of all of the sports, is the athleticism in any sport today that much more significant than it is in the NBA as compared to the athleticism of yesteryear. Like if you take the best athletes in any other league today and compare them with the best athletes of 20, 30 years ago, sure. I don't think there's a bigger gap than what you have in the NBA. It is incredible what these guys can do. Yeah. The shot was so perfect because the horn went off while the ball was still in the air, just seconds before it went down. It splashed perfectly. It was a super high arcing shot. And you had Steph Curry watching it because Poole kind of gave him a nod like, hey there, Shootatron 3000. <laughs> you like that? And Steph Curry playing the game with joy and enthusiasm, which makes him so popular, smiled broadly, his stupid mouthpiece, disgusting as it is, half skewed in his mouth, and gave his brother in arms a big old bear hug. The only thing missing, the only thing missing from the perfection, Mike Breen, who was out due to COVID for the second game of the series. This was the greatest Mike Breen call when Steph Curry beat Oklahoma City on like a 40-footer for his 12th three of the game. Do you remember this one? Uh, yeah. I this know, was I the double bang. The this was the double okay. bang call from Mike Breen. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Six tenths of a second remaining. The brilliant shooting of Stephen Curry continues. 
and he ties the NBA record with his 12th three-pointer of the game. Oh, man. God, I wanted Mike Breen on that game so bad last night. He's so good, and he's been doing it for so long now to where, you know, we're less, uh, I know a lot of people, they say, well, Marv Albert was the voice of the NBA for years. I think for a lot of people now, Mike Breen really has become the voice sure. of the NBA, and he is awesome. Yeah, I think these finals are lacking with him not calling these games so far. All right, let's uh, switch to baseball. Your Terps last night staved off elimination with a walk-off single in the 11th inning, I believe, in their regional at home. Were you there at all? No, I was not. I I have followed from afar. You know, following (laughs) the NCAA baseball championship, it is rather complex. It's like following NBA salary cap rules because the elimination rules and what it takes to get ousted can be a little tricky. But, yes, Maryland staved off elimination. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because I believe, as I think a number of us are now believing in the in the media that this is a under leveraged asset or under leveraged product I should say on the sports landscape that college baseball once sort of a niche kind of a thing for real seam heads is sitting in a late May early June window where it starts to get slow and that if they could do a better job of organizing and and broadcasting these games in a more consistent way you might have something here what are your thoughts on college baseball being a under-leveraged product? I, I think there's a lot of truth in that. I think you make a good point about the timing of this because there is some open real estate here that you could mm-hmm. uh, reap the benefits of. I, you know, The problem for college baseball is – so these games, once you get to this point, there is no mercy rule. You have games in which teams will score run totals in the teens, if mm-hmm. not the 20s, and so the games become – unbelievably long like four hour entities and that can be really even even in college you know should even in the playoffs where the teams are pretty well matched yeah yeah there have been uh there have been some uh big time gaps in terms of final scores so far and i think you see that every year okay you know super dumb super dumb super dumb question these are still seven inning games right uh or no I guess no, they're not. The they used to be yeah. once upon when I covered college baseball at UC Santa Barbara, Harvard, the West. They played seven in games, but they've changed that since then. You were going to say about aluminum bats. Yeah. So when you have aluminum bats, you don't know what's going to happen. Okay. Like you could get jammed on the inside and end up launching a triple. Like it's, so, these bats you get offensive numbers and offensive outputs that end up making games go way longer than I think ideally. You want them to. I mean, Maryland had a game in this tournament that Maryland won 23-2 over Long Island University. You have you have games like that. And again, you think, right, like, okay, two teams matched up in a regional like they must be more or less evenly matched. Like, no, the final score was 23-2. Like, you just don't know. And that was a nine inning game. There was no mercy rule or anything like that. And so, you know, I think that's the one thing. But I think you can work around that. Like, I do think there's more that can be done with this. These games are exciting. And, you know, I think what really would help is if the MLB draft became a bigger deal. And so people who are fans of MLB teams could become more invested in some of these players. And so if you're a fan of a team with, say, a top five pick, you can get excited about saying, oh, okay, is is, is uh, the guy who I want my team to pick doing well in this NCAA tournament, that kind of yeah, I think part of the problem is you draft a guy and then you stash him in the minors, and yeah. you, gotta, you got you got to let the pot roast bake for a couple years before you see right. anything out of it. So not quite as immediate uh, satisfaction for the average fan. By the way, May thirtieth of two thousand nine, 
is when base, college baseball went from seven to nine innings. So only missed it by 13 years ago. <laughs> okay. I am super on the ball about that. So um, do you know there's a guy for Tennessee in college that throws like 102? Like he's this oh. monster pitcher. Do you know his name? No, no. Okay, um, you don't follow college bas- baseball as much as I thought you would. No, no. I mean, look, come the draft, I start to try to – educate myself on some of the guys but yeah there are a lot of teams and a lot of players ben joyce is the okay. kid's name and i mean when you see this guy he's actually touched 105 on the gun of course you know 105 flat guys in the bigs can catch up to that can't they they do i mean and that's the thing like i think 10 years ago that's massive now it's like i mean that's impressive i'm not trying to say that's not but right you have a lot of guys who do this i mean These days, if you are especially a reliever and you can't hit 95 plus, like there's something wrong with you. Like people look at you like, "Eh, I don't know about that guy. You got to make the mitt pop. That's the phrase now in baseball. You want the catcher's mitt to pop. Yeah. You you won't even have a job if you're not throwing 95 out of the pen anymore. It's very very tough. tough. All right. 162 games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway, all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Um, let's uh, let's talk about guys who are lost in Milwaukee now. The Christian Yelich thing is is gaining critical mass in the wrong direction. He's O for June, O for thirteen. Has had one RBI against fifteen strikeouts in that span. His average is plummeting. Although we'll talk about average as a stat in just a second. OPS is plummeting as well. Former MVP, currently a hundred and thirty third in the bigs in hitting. Will he ever find his way back? And who else is either a cautionary tale of somebody who got lost in the wilderness and never made it back in baseball or a hopeful tale of, don't forget, this guy looked like he was lost for good and he found his way home. 
Well, I mean, the most recent significant cautionary tale is Chris Davis. And Yelich is a different player than Chris Davis was. But Chris Davis just completely fell off a cliff, uh, especially once he got paid by the Orioles. He was like decent for a year or two and then just totally cratered it. What I've always found interesting, though, about Christian Yelich is this. So he was a good player with Miami. He wasn't necessarily the all-world player that he became with Milwaukee. Right. Like Yelich's 2018 and 2019 are two of the best seasons in recent MLB history in terms of offensive production. He was spectacular over those two seasons. But this is now a third consecutive season in which the numbers are lackluster. And so I do think you have to wonder is, okay, is the aberration what he's doing now? Or maybe was the aberration what he was in 18 and 19 because he was never that guy with Miami. He was good, okay, and he was better than he is now, but he was not the superstar that he became with Milwaukee in 18 and 19. And so I just wonder about it like that. You know, he's now into his 30s, too, and in this PED testing era, you know, most guys are getting worse in their 30s, not better. Now, you you would hate to think that he's dropping off this precipitously this soon. I mean, he's only in his age 30 season, but... Um, I think that's the tricky thing with him is that what he was in 18 and 19, he had not been prior to that. Yeah, his 2019 season, which was going great, ended with a shattered kneecap off a foul ball. He also had back problems in 2020 and into 2021. They say that could be it. Of course, you mentioned the specter of PEDs, and there is a sort of growing, nagging, in the shadows kind of fear that this is Ryan Braun two electric boogaloo. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> what are your thoughts on that even being possible with Yelich? Well, anything's possible. Okay. Um, I guess I would say this, the PED testing in MOB is legit. That doesn't mean that it can't be beaten. That they're still, doesn't mean they're that still it... catching guys. Oh yeah. If they're exactly. still catching guys, it means there's still guys using Right, exactly. And you never know what kind of cocktail has been concocted to beat the current PED testing, because as we know, the drug use is always ahead of the drug testing. So I don't dismiss this as a possibility. I I would think, though, that it's not likely, but it's not impossible for sure. Um, And it's funny you brought up Braun because I didn't think about that because we had, you know, with Braun, right? Not maybe out of nowhere, but like he was outstanding, and then all of a sudden he wasn't so outstanding. Mm -hmm. Similar body types, kind of both quiet. I mean, I would hate it if that's the case, but I'm not so naive as to think that it's impossible. You can't can't dismiss it, and anyone who does dismiss it is being naive, like you said. Yeah. Speaking of cheating, how do you like the fact that Yes has hired Carlos Beltran to call Yankee (laughs) games. This after the Mets signed him to be their manager, then terminated the deal because of his role in the Astros sign-stealing scandal. He's now part of the broadcast, and Phil Mushnick crushed him the other day because, you know, the broadcast is talking about cheating. And here is Beltran, you know, who's one of the biggest cheaters out there, at least was. Yeah, I mean, the thing is this, if Alex Rodriguez, who not only cheated, but sued MLB, can be welcomed back to the MLB family with open arms as a broadcaster, then that's the green light for anybody, you know, because it's hard to think of someone who was more of an MLB pariah than A-Rod was at his pariah peak, and that he is back in the good graces of the MLB nation it's just like, okay, what, did what Beltron did, was that as bad as anything A-Rod did? No. So, okay, he's allowed back in. 
You know, we've seen A.J. Hinch get back in. Hinch, the guy who has suffered the most with the cheating scandal was the Astros general manager, Jeff Luno. But that's more about just everyone thinking that he's a jerk as opposed to, like, him having violated some moral code here. Right. So, you know, I don't think it's that surprising anymore just because I think the A-Rod thing has really changed the way you view how cheaters are treated. Yeah, Angels manager Joe Madden uh, said after the Yankees seemingly had Shohei Otani's number, uh, quote, they're really good at reading pitches. They're very good at it. But I'm not <laughs> accusing anybody of anything except that they're really good at it. If you're able to acquire things through natural means, I'm all into it. I think it's great. Mushnick says, uh, yes, you know, did that story. And then Beltran went as quiet as a church mouse. Yeah. Yeah, and that's always going to be out there with him and with others. I mean, you know, that, that that's not going to be forgotten. People yeah. remember this stuff. And like with PEDs, with the cheating and the sign stealing in baseball, there is an arms race with that. And uh, there's probably always going to be a thing of the testing or the mechanisms to catch teams cheating is behind the actual cheating. All right. What is the current currency of baseball stats? Is it OPS plus? Is it still war? What do you go by? Is my dear old batting average stat ever going to make a comeback? <laughs> or, or does that still doesn't matter? I mean, talk to me. Yeah, so, I, I mean, it depends on what you're trying to evaluate. War is still the best thing because that looks at a player in his totality. It looks at his batting, his base running, and his defense. If you just want to look at hitting, then OPS plus or weighted runs created plus are both good to look at. And, you know, with batting average, I mean – it is what it is, as the saying goes. Like, it's fine to look at it, and we still see, like, so many announcers on TV reference it, as if it's 1984 still. But, you know, batting average is just very limited. It doesn't take walks into account, and it doesn't factor in power. So a single is as good as a homer with batting average, and as we all know, a single is not as good as a homer. Yeah. What's the best football stat, in your opinion? I've been led to believe, Galdi, that AYA, average air yards, or no, what does AYA stand for? It's like it's adjusted yards per attempt. It's a quarterback okay. stat. Um, that, that's not bad. That's pretty good. Like if you're just talking about quarterback stats, oh, I actually yeah. Is, Go ahead. Is that what you're? Yeah, well, I actually like. Yeah, I actually like QBR. I think that's pretty good for a lot of different reasons. That's the perfect. ESPN number. Yes. Yeah. And they and that, put a they put a secret sauce in that that do. is a human judgment, which I don't well, trust from ESPN. I'll be honest. Yeah, and QBR is not perfect. I actually had the guy who really helped to develop QBR, Brian Burke, on my podcast, and he talked about it, and even he said that it's not perfect. And, in fact, one of the things that led him to that conclusion is that Carson Wentz last season was number nine in the NFL in total QBR, and he was like, yeah, that probably that probably shouldn't be true. But, uh, but QBR, what it does, which no other quarterback stat does, is it factors in quarterback running. So what you do as a scrambler, as a rusher, and what you do in terms of taking sacks is factored into QBR. That's always been such a big-time uh, deficiency with something like passer rating, which only looks at what you do as a thrower and, right. I think, overvalues touchdown passes and interceptions. There's a lot more nuance to playing quarterback than that. Yeah, QBR must award points for left-handed passes because uh, <laughs> yeah. Carson, Carson Wentz was one for four lefty last year with yeah. two picks, one of which was a pick six. At his own five-yard line. Pretty bad. I, somewhere I saw somebody tweet a stat that he threw 13 left-handed passes. I said, that can't be right. And so I went I went digging to try to find it. Uh, there was a YouTube video, all of Carson Wentz's left-handed <laughs> passes. And there was only four of them, but three of them turned out quite poorly. 
Oh, I got to watch that video. That's, I didn't know someone made a video about <laughs> yeah. that. That's yeah, because somebody joked, yeah, Carson Wentz threw 13 left-handed passes last year while getting crushed in the pocket. I go, that sounds like a lot. And it yeah. turns out it was. But, yeah, the ones he did throw were uh, were pretty bad. Okay. By the way, one last thing on stats. Is quarterback wins and losses a stat? So I used to think no. And then I actually had this guy, Eric Eager, of Pro Football Focus on my podcast. And Eager is, you know, he's a very, like, high-level, analytical, statistically inclined guy. And he actually now argues that quarterback wins and losses should be looked at because quarterback so greatly impacts how an NFL team does. And Mm -hmm. most NFL teams build around a quarterback to where that quarterback should should result, should yield wins – Sure. Wins and losses that like that's not a terrible way of evaluating how things are going. Now, I think there's merit to that. I think you have to be very careful with that because there are a lot of examples of quarterbacks with not so great records who are much better than those records are. But I think there is some validity to that line of thinking. Is there a bad quarterback with a winning record or better yet? Is there a good quarterback that is a losing record a la Nolan Ryan Hall of Famer who had a losing record as a starting pitcher? So, like Sonny Jurgensen for his career has a sub five hundred. Okay, record. you go you, now. You're going way back. I'm talking currently, current NFL. I have a well, hard time if, thinking of a good quarterback who's got a losing record. No, Sean I mean, Watson, it, maybe. That's what I was gonna say. So, if you go big picture, maybe not. But you can go individual seasons. Like Deshaun Watson's last season, he was really good and yeah. he had a terrible record. Justin Herbert's rookie season, the record wasn't that good, and yet Herbert was really good. So. I think you can't just go by record. And conversely, you know, like Jimmy Garoppolo's record in recent years is good, but most people don't view him as a great quarterback. So, you know, it's 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 not as simple as what your record is as what you are as a quarterback, but I think you can look at it and sort of bake it into the mix. Good time to remind people that all these interesting people can be heard on the Al Galdi podcast. Make it part of your podcast rotation. Search for it. The Al Galdi podcast g-a-l-d-i wherever you get your podcasts where do you stand on compilers in their career because frank gore is going to retire one day retirement with the niners he has a massive pile of yards but i don't think has many individual single season things to hang his hat on not an mvp didn't lead the league in rushing uh no one ever said shit we got to stop frank gore today where do you stand on a guy like that Yeah, I think compiling is something you get some credit for. But what I'm a big fan of when it comes to evaluating Hall of Fame candidacy is you take a guy's peak number of years, however many number of years you consider a peak to be. So maybe it's eight, maybe it's 10, maybe it's 12. And you just look at them that way. I don't like penalizing people for hanging on for too long. I also don't like overly rewarding people for hanging on for a while just to add to their all-time rushing yardage total. So I think if you just identify whatever you think the guy's peak is and you look at it that way, I think that's probably the best way to do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Sort of like, uh, I forget what it was we had uh, like in kids in grade school. It was like a sliding thing yeah, that had a yeah. window on it and you would slide it over certain numbers. I would take an eight-year period yeah. and I would slide it over the best eight years consecutively and say – we're going to chop off the fat of this ribeye and we're going to say, what's the meat like? What's the meat of a guy's career and where does it stack up against other people? 
Yeah, for sure. Now, I think with Gore, it's kind of tricky, too, because he plays a position, of course, where there isn't a lot of durability. And so the fact that he was durable, the fact that he did last for a while, he he, did, he does deserve credit for that, for sure. But yeah. it can't just be as simple as, well, how many yards did he rush for in his career? Like, no, there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. Uh, real quick, any thoughts on the Amber Heard case with Johnny Depp? So I did not follow it closely, but like everyone else, I marveled at the fact that it took seven weeks and the fact that it was in our backyard, Fairfax, Virginia, I just find wild because nobody associates Johnny Depp or Amber Heard. (laughs) Fairfax, Virginia. Fairfax, Virginia. But it was right here for seven weeks, which I think is pretty crazy. I guess that was because he was able to get jurisdiction there because of one of his properties. And I guess he thought it'd be the best venue for him instead of California. I mean, the bottom line is crazy don't get tired i say that to guys all the time you know Uh, hopefully you're hooked into a nice sensible wonderful woman but if you're hooked into a crazy one and you're thinking well she'll tire her no no crazy don't get tired it's uh it was nuts and you know i don't know that depp is all there either no no he's no angel either but she (laughs) she went one step further and pretty much ruined his career now she's flat broke and has a 10 million dollar settlement bill she can't pay so good luck there so do you think do you think depp's career will be reignited by this no neither will hers i think she's done i think they're both pretty much done um Yeah. yeah Uh, what do you splurge on, Galdi? Anything? I'd like to know this. What do you like? Eat? What's your indulgence thing? You like, um, I'll splurge on this. I really don't splurge that much because my wife does most of the splurging. So <laughs> I'm, I, I sort of have to make up for her splurging. By Is there splurging. a single expensive thing that you don't mind collecting or paying for? Any like baseball memorabilia? Per se, no, shoes. No, I'm that into that. Uh, no, no. I'm trying to think of something good to give you here. I okay. mean, no, not really. I'm, I'm a pretty like, hey, I got what I got. I like what I have, and I don't need more to validate things. So, I, I say that because our bounce out music today is the great Jay Z. Money ain't a thing. Ah, uh, yes. This is in your wheelhouse of high school rap songs the great sean Corey carter out of that's new right. york city right that's right jay-z legend was this one of your go-to songs uh yeah this was probably more college but yeah jay-z is he's one of the goats at this point i mean he's like a top five guy all time in hip-hop yeah you still listen to jay-z every now and then uh yeah because i think the, the hip-hop now doesn't hold up to the hip-hop of years ago no i would uh i would agree even though i know very little about rap and my tastes are uh, not tuned to the genre but i like this more than the uh, newer shit coming out now the al galdi podcast available wherever podcasts are delivered get it make it party rotation galdi great to talk to you as always thanks brother I always enjoy it, man. Thank you. All right, man. There you go. Since they had small faces, yeah. rob your stash out, doubled out down in Vegas. Me and JD got it locked crazy. Where you at? This the uh, second single from rapper Jermaine Dupri's 1998 album, Life in 1472, features Jay-Z and appears as a bonus track on his album, Volume 2, Hard Knock Life. Money ain't a thing. Well, Galdi is a man who's very grounded, and money ain't a thing to him because you know what? 
he doesn't really have that much of an expensive taste to begin with. And that's a great way to go through life. All right. That's enough from me today. Thank you for listening and downloading. If you like this podcast, do tell a friend. Rate and review. It helps the algorithmic overlords. And if you can't get enough of me, subscribe, and then you will get Fridays on top of it. Thanks for listening. Have a great Tuesday, and we will see you next time. And I ain't got to say no more. I'm the truth like AI. Got the proof and stay fly in the safest shit you could never buy. Know why? Because I write the songs that the whole world sing. I don't know about y'all, but every night I swing the Ferrari and Jaguar switching four lanes on top down screaming out. 162 games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a my bookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com.